What up, Kool-Aid Nation? It's your boy Hughes. Uh, end of the day two of the NFL draft. Uh, got Okri here with us. What's going on, everybody? All right, sir. So we made made some moves in round two, made our pick in round three. Overall, what do you, what do you got for me after after day two? Hughes, we talked about it before, and the minute I saw it trade up, I was disgusted. I don't know why we're trading up. We only have six draft picks. I try to be positive when it comes to my Lions, but trading up, giving up resources when we don't have any to give up is just the worst, in my opinion. Now they now they go up and they get a running back, and like after we got um, Rag now, I felt like we put so much into the offensive line that we almost should have just said, hey, if this – you know, well, Garrett Blunt, Amir, Theo, and a host of others can't get it done behind the O-line, and they just can't. But I almost didn't want to put another resource. So, like, I think I had Kerryon Johnson as, like, my fourth or fifth running back on the board, right right behind Darius Geis, uh, um, Chubb, and Ronald Jones. I, I mean, I think Kerryon was above Ronald Jones for me and behind Chubb. So it's not that I hate the player, but, man – I just can't deal with the trade up and t- taking a running back in the upper second round. Like, yeah, I just those two things kill me with the first pick and the second pick. I haven't done enough research on this guy. I mean, a lot of people are trying to look and read up on him. He just seems like a player that either fits this defense or that Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn like. But that's a total wait and see. I mean, he was sixth, seventh round type guy for the like draft experts per se or the pundits and uh maybe the NFL likes him better, I don't know. But um not not too happy with the second day. I think the second and third rounds are very important and I felt like I just walked away saying carry on has to be his absolute best of the best or else it's gonna be a a pretty big swing and miss in rounds two and three. So um that's my initial thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I I feel, I feel the same way with the running back situation with trading up. I mean, if you think about it, the Redskins traded back after we made that pick, and yet in the third round they still got Darius Geis. So they mm-hmm. kind of ma- they kind of made. So we gave up a fourth round pick to move up like nine spots to grab Johnson, and the Redskins traded back, got more picks, and still got their guy in the third round. So to me, like it almost looked like they schooled us on how to handle that situation. Um, And I don't know if the part, like the opening few picks of the second round kind of forced their hand with Chubb and Ronald Jones coming off the board early. Uh, Because just listening to Patricia's, not Patricia, but um, Quinn's press conference, you know, he talked about, they had, they you know, talked about him last night. They were hoping he was going to slip back to their pick, but they weren't sure. So that's why they had to take action. So it seems like they they were pinpointing on that guy from the beginning or that position from the beginning. And with those other two guys coming off the board, they didn't have a choice but to come up and try to get him because they obviously didn't value uh, Darius Geis at all. Right. Well, I don't know if you got to the part where he talked about Geis. He just randomly hinted, like all these people are, that there's some random things in his background that they weren't sure about or they didn't feel good about, like, you know, those are the kind of things that bug me about the draft, like how this stuff never came out in the two, three months. 
leading up, but then draft day, all these guys slip due to medical or some type of character yeah. slash personal item. Like, I wish we had more information, but um, we'll see because, you know, like I say, I like that guy in Washington, and like you said, a trade down is nice, but what if they find out he's got some crazy thing that nobody knew about and then, you know, it's a wasted pick. So let me let me talk for a minute or two about the good of Terrion Johnson. The guy's ultra young. He's a junior. He's like 20 years old. He played in the SEC. Yeah, he runs upright, but he put up crazy numbers, and he's a slashing. Uh, Quinn talked about, you know, he can run the outside, but he just kind of hits it and goes type of guy. Um, heard a lot of good things leading up to the draft about him. As far as a player, I, I did hear from some that he's not, like, the craziest athlete in the world, but he mm-hmm. sounds like he's just not only a good running back, but a um, – <clears throat> Like a could be a workhorse back. Like I think we'll bring him in slow, and he'll just kind of find his niche. But maybe in a year or two, he is that two down thumper or a three down back um, to some degree. So again, that goes back to me saying it's not so much about the player; it's yeah. just about the position, and it's about like you said, other people are moving all around the board, and we're moving up when we should be moving the other direction. It is tough. So um, my best hopes would be that. In the next few years, we can look back and say, man, even though we didn't like it and we had to give up resources, like we found a running back that can actually make plays in the NFL. Um, that's that's my hope. Um, and then I don't know. I don't know if the safety is for the future, if people leave, or if he's going to make plays this year in a certain role. I, I don't know. But, you know, that's the silver lining for both of them is that they have a plan for the safety and that carry on. Um, can help put our running back woes to bed as -hmm. part of a committee and then ultimately maybe the guy. But, um, you know, I just – we'll have to wait and see, I guess, on that. So, In in Bob Quinn we trust, right? You have to, but, man, he's starting to frustrate me without going back. I don't know why, like, this is his third draft where I think he's only went back once or twice. Yeah. And and he missed all the time. He's getting calls. He's doing all this stuff. It's like – you know, hey, go the other direction, please. Like, get more picks, get more swings rather than moving up. Like, here's what I wanted to ask you. Like, what do you think about this philosophy where they just target players and then it's almost like, oh, we got to do everything we can just to get that guy. If we don't get him, the world collapses because you know my take on that. It's like we're already looking at the board heading into day three and there's all these people that, at least on paper or on what I've heard about them, are, could be great football players. We're acting like there's one running back we have to have, or oh man, I gotta have this safety who I could have got three rounds later, possibly. You know, mm-hmm. where do you stand on this like go get him attitude because they love him, or should he have more of an approach of yeah, we love these guys and yeah, they fit our scheme, but let them fall to us at the at a better value. Yeah, I mean, I I'm with you that it's it's better to you know trade back or go back or not like pinpoint a certain guy and try to go get him. I mean, you know, he was, we're still evaluating his first couple drafts to kind of see how everything falls. But I mean, we have two picks tomorrow. That's it. Two, two and we're done for the year. Unless, unless something happens and they make any more trades, but you know, the six round pick we traded last year to get, uh, Greg Robinson's gone. So we had in the fourth round pick we traded today. So we have a fifth and a seventh tomorrow and that's it. Um, you know, and we've addressed one spot on the defense, and it wasn't necessarily even 
uh, that big of a, a weakness on the team. Um, you know, there's still some holes in the front front four, front seven type players we need. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, man. You would think that you would have a couple of guys that would fit, like, what you're looking for and either sit pat where you are or move back to try to, you know, get capital and get those guys. Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of trading up to, to go get the guy you want unless it's, you know, like a franchise-changing player. Yeah, I was just about to say, like, if this guy's a blue-chip guy and you want to go up and get him every once in a while, like, and you have, like I said, if you got 10 draft picks, 12 draft picks, and you're like, man, we got to get up higher in the first round. This guy's a game-changer. He's a he's a prime-time player, then I can see it. But we seem to be coming up in the second, third, fourth rounds for guys that, you know, aren't even – you know, especially at the time drafted. I mean, the safety bothers me the most, but you're telling me you can't just sit there and if someone takes carry on Johnson, you just, you know, take a defensive tackle or defensive end and then the third round you look at it again? I mean, I can't I can't imagine they looked at all this plethora of running backs and said, oh, I don't like any of them except carry on. We got to do whatever it takes to go get them. But mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it's just, to me... It's harder to do it than to say it, but, like, when you look at the board and there's all these players, and if you get offers, I think Bill Belichick and people just, yeah, they value people, but the minute someone asks them to trade, they just kind of look and say, wow, I love this player, but there's five other DTs that I could, you know, deal with too, or I can, like, coach up. So they just trade it away, and then they wait and see what one of those five fall, and if they don't like them enough, they either trade again or they take another position you know, until the board matches up with the players. So I don't know. I'd like to do that. Like if I could flip picks right now, I'd love to have Landry and Mason Cole or, um, you know, Landry and I'm trying to think what other like guard centers went kind of in the mid rounds that could have been options. Daniels, I don't know if he'd have been there. I'd have to look back at the picks, but could you have got Landry and Daniels? Like, you know, all that talk about him being injured and then he goes high in the second round. I just, that must just be a scheme fit, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, that's frustrating. Yeah, I think like, you know, when when you talk about like good GMs or good front offices, good teams, they have the ability to kind of look at big picture type of things and not, not just year to year situations, right? Like, you know, a lot of these teams are already adding picks for next year. Like Green Bay got, a first mm-hmm. round pick for for next year with for that Davenport trade. Um, New England got a second round pick for next year for another trade that they they back out. So they know. I mean, they're building capital for not just this year, but pre like years in the future. So you know, GMs have to have the ability to look down the line, not just at this draft, but all drafts in general moving forward to try to put your team in the best position to win. I mean, Lions aren't in a situation where if they don't win the Super Bowl next year, the front office staff gets ran out of town. I mean, they're in a position where they can build for a couple of years and do it the right way. And only having, you know, two more draft picks doesn't necessarily help out a, a weak defensive roster to help build that up. Yeah. And that's a good point. I know the people on the Kool-Aid cast don't want to hear about uh, our love for fantasy football right now, but that's where we see it the most is in the one league we do, uh, the reality sports online, where we're almost the GM, like the other teams in our league, it's easy to have them give away a 2019 or 2020 rookie draft pick because it's not right in front of them. But then when those years roll around and we're sitting there with all these high picks and these guys got nothing, 
that's the foresight you're talking about in like a real world in fantasy football for us. But in the NFL, it's exactly the same. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you gotta, you gotta make the pick or yeah, you might fall in love with the guy in the moment, but it's also great to make a trade and, uh, wait for a year or two and say, Hey, remember when we gave up so-and-so, but now we got a second or a third rounder for him. Like, and we yeah. make that count. So I, I totally hear you there. And I think that it takes some discipline, but, I would love to see that a bit more, more so than, you know, not only these trade-ups, but there's been there's been a handful of times now in Bob Quinn's regime where he's either reached up for somebody or he takes a position that just you shake your head at or ends up being a wasted draft pick. And, you know, I can live with those in the sixth, seventh round, but not in the third to fifth round. I can't just have you take guys, reach for guys, and then have them be non-factor in two years. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where you have to, uh, you know, you have to be patient with the pick. You can't you can't get excited when you see a shiny new toy and think that this is the end all be all without realizing that hey, next year there's going to be just as many shiny new toys. Mm-hmm. So there's no point in you know going fast and just grabbing it to grab it when it might not be exactly what's necessary. So you know, at the end of the day, <clears throat> it's running back. We needed one. We talked about before the draft needing a safety. Like you said, you know, we're not sure about the player just because n- not really anybody is. Um, but I guess at the end of the day, we got to trust uh, Mr. Bob. Yeah, yeah, I'll trust him. And I guess, you know, the thing that throws me for a loop is, so we brought in LeGarrette Blunt, mm-hmm. and we already had some running backs. And I'm glad about that. Like, I'm glad we have a bigger running back and we put in some emphasis, but... I think I would have felt better about Kerryon Johnson this high without any additions. You know, like, oh, man, we got Kerryon, Amir, and Theo, right? That would have been, like, the new exciting young trio that we're going to try to move forward with. But we Mm -hmm. we gave – now we put two resources into that and one resource into the O-line. And, uh, I mean, yeah, we sort of talked about a safety, but I think, remember, we also said that where does he fit or how would you use one with the other people we have, so – yeah, um, I, I think that, you know, now we're heading into day three. There's only two draft picks. And he said in his press conference, oh, I feel good about the D-line or we didn't have any D-line people ranked high. It's like, well, last time I looked, you don't have many impact players on that D-line, especially in comparison to other teams. You see what Jacksonville did? I mean, I hate yeah. to get on another big tangent, but let's pull up their defensive roster and probably pull up like, you know, five to eight Pro Bowlers, Pro Bowl talent type people. Yep. And what do we got? We got the hype of Ziggy and Glover and Slay, you know, that are – and some of those guys are are good for our team, but they're not, like, primo guys, you know, in the NFL or on other teams. So I, I just think when I hear him say, oh, I feel good about this or that, I look around and go, look at these other teams that have not only primetime players but depth of positions. I mean, it seems like he just thinks, oh, we'll just – we'll – we're fine or we'll figure it out. I'm thinking, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't see it sometimes when he says that. Yeah. And, you know, a team that kind of embodies that in this draft to me is Tampa Bay. If we're going, if we're talking about other teams, like we talked about how good of draft they had, when they made that pick in the first round, everybody's like, well, why would they pick Vita Vea when they have, you know, JPP, McCoy, Vinnie Curry already? Well, probably because he was the best guy on the board. 
mm-hmm. and he's the best guy on your board, then you just made a strong position even stronger. So it's you know there's teams that do best available, there's teams that do best available in a position of need. So you know, and part of that with Tampa is if we if we pulled up the, I think they probably traded. I would have to say like three four times already mm-hmm. in this draft. So they moved all around the board. They took the best player, and then. As we've talked about multiple times, this draft is so nuts that they they still get all these positions of need because they move down and around because there's so much dang talent in these drafts that they still get their running back. They still get all these other uh, defensive back positions they need because um, they're still out there, you know, and... and I'd love to do like a study one day and see like all these big names that we know over the big school guys versus these random guys that people pick. You know, there's lots of picks today, sixth, seventh round, undrafted, fifth round, getting picked in the high second. I mean, I'd love to see how those pan out versus just going with the the names that everybody's heard about, everybody talks about. I mean, I wonder what the numbers would be because sometimes it feels like you just overthink it. Like, just go take the guy that has two, three-year production at a big school and and don't overthink it, you know? But I uh, I think there was a couple teams that had good good drafts. I really still love the Ragnall pick, and I think that, like you just said, running back um, was a need. It was all about where we took it. And and what he does when he's here, like if, if we're sitting here in two three years looking at Carryon Johnson, going, he's okay, or you know he makes a few plays here or there, then it's not going to be good enough. But if we look back and say, man, this guy is a thoroughbred in the NFL, then he, that justifies the pick. Yes. So you always got to wait on it, but I don't feel like we got a superstar today or a guy that'll make a huge impact in 2018, and I felt like that's what we needed. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I agree. Any thoughts on on tomorrow? I know it's hard to pick between four through seven, but um, positions you're looking at, like hopes, any hopeful player names or anything that... I mean, at this point, I'm definitely still looking at uh, defensive line as a position of need. Um, You know, Josh Sweat's still out there. I don't know. you, You had mentioned something about an injury with him, so I don't know what the situation is there. Uh, Mo Hurst is obviously still on the board, but a lot of people have taken him off. Um, you know, Deshaun Hand from Alabama is still available. So I'm I'm definitely looking at defensive end, defensive tackle, because we don't have a fourth round so in the fifth round. So that's, that's what my hope is, but it's hard to say who's going to be available when we're, you know, 50-some-plus picks away from the next time we go. Exactly. Like I, I, we need to keep an eye on who gets in in that range in the fourth round that we gave up because yeah. the fourth round's not a giveaway pick by any means. Mm-mm. And then the fifth round to make up for giving up that fourth, I think in the fifth round you got to be really aggressive and and roll the dice. Like if somebody yeah. like Sweat is there or one of these other guys that's only drops because of some random issue. You know, I know it's not Bob Quinn or um, their philosophy to roll the dice too much, but I feel like now's the time to do it because what if what if you did hit a home run then? You get a guy, oh, he had a character, he had this, that. He comes into your program and he just fulfills his potential or ends up being a, a real prospect at the NFL level. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I'm hoping for in, in day three here is just 
can we get a guy that either slipped really late or can we make a pick that just went when we're playing football this year on Sundays, we're like, wow, look at that guy we got in the fifth round that's blowing it up. Yeah. Because that would that help save the draft for me. Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, obviously they, they value um, what they have on the defensive line more so than most people do because obviously, you know, he talked yesterday about building the team inside out, but then today goes running back safety when there was still a handful of decent um, defensive line players available. So I, I don't know if, if they see something that nobody else does or, you know, they value the guys they have there higher, but, you know, I would think you have to add somebody to that mix because, you know, we've talked before about defensive line now is more of a rotational position than it has been in a while. So you need bodies and, you know, they don't have a lot of quality bodies based on the step chart on defensive line or at defensive end. Yep, I think it's quality. That was a good word used, this quality. They've got players there. It's just what's yeah. their quality and what's their production. Even, mm-hmm. you know, I would have liked to see in this draft the end or two get taken so that Zettel could have been a rotational third, fourth end rather than number two, which he's basically number two or three right now. And the guy in front of him, Kerry Hyder, is not – you know, the end-all, be-all at the end by any means, right? Yeah. And we, still don't, we still don't even know what we have in Ziggy either, so. Yeah, and Kerry Hyder's coming off a season-ending injury that he had last year. And, you know, besides Aishon and Sly Williams, the only decent backup you got is Akeem Spence and probably Cornelius Washington. So you would like to add somebody else to that mix, too. And you don't really only have three guys on the on the end that are rotating, and that's Ziggy, Zettel, and... Kerry Hyder, so... Well, Cornelius is supposed to be a DN, but he, he's going to co- be a huge bust if he doesn't do anything this year because they gave him decent money. He's a young mm-hmm. player, supposed to be kind of explosive off the edge. I don't even remember him playing last year. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. did, uh, did, did Cornelius Washington even play? I don't remember one play that he made in a game or even remembering him out there at all, so... Yeah, I think they I think they have him down for two and a half sacks last year, so Okay. So he made a couple plays. But uh you know, like you say, if if he's a nobody, that's just another swing and miss in free agency with these you know, Bob Quinn acquisitions. So I don't know, Hughes. It hasn't been a very uh fun podcast, not a bunch of laughing. It feels like we're bagging on Bob Quinn. Obviously we love him and Matt Patricia, but um I'm just walking away from day two, which again I told you before it started, day two is my favorite day of the draft because there's so many guys that are still there that are uh, highly productive in college. There's guys you can continue to wait on and get later than you think, and they make a huge impact. I mean, I think if I was a GM, I would always be trying to trade into the second and third rounds, better contracts, um, you know, same quality of players sometimes as you're getting in the first, um, not as much risk. So, um, you know, I, I think – it all hangs on carry-on and what he does. And if we get some plays and explosiveness out of uh, safety, Tracy Walker, then great. But uh, I'm going to leave this as a huge TBD and much more of a thumbs down today than anything else, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think the, the overall feeling of today is we did get a running back, but we lost one of our picks for tomorrow, and that kind of hurts, um, you know, disappointing going into Saturday only having two picks for three rounds. So 
or yeah, four rounds actually, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. Yeah, so we have two picks in four rounds tomorrow, which is definitely disappointing to me. So I don't know. Hopefully they can make the best out of these two picks. And like you said, it's not necessarily the player; uh, it's just how we got the player and where we got the player that you know kind of makes it makes it not as exciting as it should be. Yep, well, sounds good, man. And like Bob Quinn said, it doesn't end after the draft either. we got to remember that. They may have some yep. other tricks up their sleeve and they may bring in people. So we'll try to uh, continue to both be positive and, and see what they do. But, uh, you know, let's recap in day two of the draft and uh, we'll keep our eyes on what they do in day three. So sounds good. Detroit Kool-Aid Nation, hang in there with us and catch us back. Uh, probably do a draft recap show either at the end of the draft or uh, – as we get into early next week. So thanks again for for listening and talk to you guys later.